And a good morning to you and welcome to the show. The Back Nine Boys Golf Show is brought to you each week by CPOMS. Check out becoming a member at CPOMS.com. By Mizuno Golf, Reach Beyond. By Club Car, the leader in golf utility and fun personal vehicles. By Bridgestone Golf. Try the new Tour B golf balls. And by RSM, proud sponsor of the RSM Classic, giving back to our community. On the show, we'll remember one of our great interviews that we had with Jack Lumpkin, senior instructor at Sea Island Golf Performance Center for 33 years and a top 50 golf instructor every year since 2000. Then we'll talk with John Dioulis, president of Golf Training Aids, about what's new and what are the ones that he would recommend to help our game. And then finally, we'll talk with Tim Clark, president of Wilson Golf, about how he's grown the brand and his tour players and how he feels about this Saudi PGA situation that some of the golfers are talking about. But first up, Jack Lumpkin passed away a few days ago. Jack did what he loved on that day and many others. He helped people enjoy the game that he loved. I had the honor of sitting down with Jack to talk about his life and in this interview, becoming a member into the Teacher Hall of Fame. Uh, but certainly proud and uh, I'm very honored to be in that elite group. Uh, I know so many of the people who have been there and uh, who are in there and some when they got in were telling me that oh you're going to get in and I never even thought I'd have a chance to get in and I was just surprised really and uh, I'm very delighted because this has been my life's work. Uh, and anytime you're recognized for something that you are doing and like to do, you should be proud. Definitely. Well, you played on the tour for a short time, and you yeah. realized you wanted to be a teacher. Well, that's not quite true. I, I realized that I couldn't make a living is what it amounted to. I wanted to be a player, and when I played on tour, this was back many, many years ago when... Uh, there wasn't very much money out there. It was before television, and um, they just uh, they paid 30 places those days. You could make the cut. Top 60 and ties made the cut, but 30 of them didn't get paid for playing on Saturday and Sunday. So unless you were one of the top 15 or so players, it was pretty hard to make a living. And uh, uh, I found out after a given period of time when my pocketbook drew empty <laughs> that I needed to get another job. And uh, I, w I loved golf. I wanted to be in golf. And I thought possibly that I could become a player again. You have a chance to do that again. So I took an assistant pro job down in Orlando, Florida, at the Country Club of Orlando, and was there for about a year and a half and got a great break to go to work for Claude Harmon at Wingfoot. And while I was working for Claude, I, I saw a real master teacher working and I got really intrigued by teaching and uh, Claude did so much for me both from the learning standpoint and then he recommended me for a club and before you know it a couple of years later he recommended me for Oak Hill in Rochester and I spent about 10 years there running the operation but teaching was my greatest love other than playing and I still like to play even then but your teaching, what's your teaching philosophy? You spent some time with Claude Harmon, you spent some time away, and you've been teaching for a long time. What is your philosophy on teaching? Well, 
one of the things Claude taught me, uh, not only some very sound fundamentals, but he taught me that you can't teach everybody exactly the same way. You've got to teach the individual and you've got to teach him to do what he can do and you've got to work with his swing. Uh, There's a limit to how much you can change it. Uh, A kid, you can redo it. But you can't do that with everyone. But everybody can still learn at age 50 or 70 or 80 if they can swing a club and have some time to work at it. So uh, he opened my eyes to how you could help someone who didn't have a classic swing. So if you get old, when you get older, because we're all going to get older, but when we get older, you feel we can still learn how to have a better swing and get over maybe some of the bad habits that we have. Yes, I, I, I know that's possible. I see it every day. Uh, uh, if you ask me my philosophy, my philosophy would be I stay as close to very sound fundamentals as I can. Now, you have to adapt those to the player as to what their strengths and weaknesses are. But uh, I, I try to stay away from trends. I try to get a good, a good basis there where the player is playing as, athletic as athletically as they are capable. Right. I try to get their hands on the club so the club's going to square. I try to get the club swinging as close to the, the plane line, if you will, as is possible. And I certainly spend a lot of time on trying to get a person to make good square solid repeatable impact if you can do this and get them balanced and get them uh, give them some drills to do uh, very few people uh, would not make progress uh, I, I would say I, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable that uh, 80 90 percent of the students I work with get better now do they get do they become a star no but uh, you know if you get a 20 handicapper who has a hard time keeping the ball out of the right rough and you get him started hitting it down the fairway a little bit and maybe one or two over on the left rough and and his handicap drops to 17 or 18 you've made him have a lot more fun sure and the same would be true for a scratch player if you can get him to maybe shape his ball a little better and have the trajectory he wants and the spin on the ball or the lack thereof if he's looking for distance with his driver then uh, you've done some nice work for him. And though his handicap might go one better, uh, one better for a one is really good. Uh, yeah. It's like it's like ten better for a 25, you know. That's so, true. Yeah. All right, you've worked with some unbelievable people throughout your career. I mean, Davis Love for one, Brian Harmon for another. You've worked with him since he was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, what has impressed you and what kind of swings did they have did you see early on in their career well they had very natural sound motion both of them uh, are good athletes and they swung the club very athletically uh, they each had different problems davis is six three brian is five seven and a half uh, brian swing tended to get a little long and sometimes got a little too much to the inside coming down davis on the other hand, was tall and tended to get his club a little bit too high. So we tried to get them to almost meet in the middle and get as close to the plane line as we can. But uh, uh, a very fine player once said it's pretty important 
uh, maybe more important for a teacher to have a good player than it is for a player to have a good teacher. Hmm. And uh, I, I think being Davis's teacher and being Brian's teacher has helped me way more than maybe I've helped them, though I think I have helped them. And I know I've read in some of the research about you that you say 60% of the game is within 60 yards of the hole. So practice your short game. There is no question. If you want to get better, if you can get where you can hit your wedges on the green if you're a high handicapper, not have to double chip or double pitch, if you can, if you're a better player, if you can get your wedge within a, a possible makeable different distance. If you are a very good player, and you can knock it in within 12 or 15 feet, where you've got a chance to make the putt, there's no way your game wouldn't get better. And certainly, it's hard to finish the hole without putting. Though every now and then you chip in, but you don't chip in every hole. That's true. So you better be able to putt some. I remember my conversation with Billy Casper. I had an hour and a half with him, uh, and one of the things he told me was I'd go on the range, I'd hit a couple of irons, hit a couple of drivers, and then the whole rest of the time I'd go practice short game, and and that's Billy Casper's game. That's how he won so many times. Yes, he did, and he was a master of it and one of the best putters that ever walked on the planet. Um, There's so much. I mean, Tiger, for example, Tiger... Is, is maybe the he's certainly the greatest player of the modern generation and, right. and maybe the best player other than Nicholas. It's hard to compare two different eras, two different balls, two different sets of clubs, and all of that. But uh, Tiger's one of the best short game players that ever walked on the planet, and when he was playing his best, uh, there's nobody that putted any better than Tiger putted. So if you took that away, we would have heard of him, but you would only heard of him on the week where he was just stiffing it. The rest of the time, he wouldn't have been able to shoot like he does. All right, a lot of the golf channel folks, a lot of the golf writers, they talk about Tiger's got 80 wins. Is he going to win another major? Is he going to you know, do this or do that? Jack Lumpkin, do you think Tiger's going to win another major? I don't know whether he will or not, but he certainly can. He's got a chance to because he is now swinging better than he was unless you go back uh, six or seven years. Uh, He's putting better again. He's playing his short shots better. And his win last year at East Lake was like a semi-major. So uh, could he win at Augusta? That'd be a great place for him to win. He knows the course like the back of his hands. Could he win an Open at Pebble? He's already done that. Could he win uh, a British? He's done that. Somebody who has done that has a better chance than anybody who has never done that. Do I think he will? I hope he will, but I can't say for sure. When you go to the Masters, they always talk about all the people who they think can win. In your opinion, what does it take to win at the Masters? Well, it takes a a, a person who can accept the golf course and be able to control his ball well enough to put it in position where he has a chance to put at the cup. There's a lot of places on those greens where you just are hoping and trying your best to get it down in two. But if you can leave your ball in a good place under the hole and 
you get some makeable putts. The greens are marvelous. You, you'll make some, and you can get on a run and play really good. But you've got to be able to control your ball. The tee shot's important. Uh, yes, you need to be in place, but you've got to control your ball going into the green. You've got to have a very nice short game around the green, and you've got to be able to putt your ball once you get there. There's a lot of guys that are over 40, and today in the golf world, it seems like if you're over 40, especially 45, that it's extremely hard to win because there's so many college kids, high school kids going into college, college kids wanting to turn pro who are just so strong mentally, physically, and and they've all got a great game. Do you think it's still hard to win after 40, even though you have the experience based on the young talent that's out there? Well, if you look in pro football, uh, Brady's over 40, and maybe there's another quarterback over 40, but not very many of them are. And he's been fortunate to play under a system where he could do what he does at New England. Uh, That's why most of them have to retire at some point. They can't throw as well. They can't move as well. Same in golf. They can't strike it as well. They, They aren't as flexible. They aren't as strong. They don't putt as well. Their nerves are not quite like they were when they were in their 20s and 30s. But if you are a very good ball striker and your nerves are good, there's no reason why the exceptional player can't still win in his 40s. But he's not going to win like he did in his prime uh, unless he's just the rarest of rare individuals. I talked to Nick Faldo at the PGA show, and I asked him why he wasn't playing anymore, and he said, because I can't play like I used to. Well, uh, take me. I'm I'm in my 80s now. Uh, I don't play as much as I used to. I hit practice balls, and I can hit them fairly good. They don't go as far. <laughs> I can still control them. Why don't I play? Because I can't shoot what I used to shoot, and I don't have as much fun going out and playing and shooting higher. Though I enjoy a good game when I get some people I enjoy playing with playing, but uh, there was a time where every evening when I finished teaching, I was going out and playing nine holes and working on my game because I still wanted to be an excellent player even when I was in my 40s and 50s and 60s. Today, I've got an excuse. I'm just too darn old. (laughs) Never too old, Jack. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you very much, Rick. I appreciate it. Jack Lumpkin will be remembered as a passionate man who loved to help people with their golf game. A true gentleman. He will be missed by many. This is PGA professional Steve Scott, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. Do you use training aids? I do, and I know a guy who really, really uses training aids. In fact, he bought the company. We're on the phone with John Daoulis, president of Golf Training Aids. Good morning, John. Good morning, Rich. How are you? I am wonderful. Uh, you and I met at the PGA show. We talked. You showed me a bunch of things. But one of the things I wanted to ask you is, you bought the company. What did you like about the company that led you to buying it? You know, it's it's interesting. I, I um, first I really enjoyed the interview with Jack, <clears throat> Jack Lumpkin. It was uh, it kind of reminds me of actually one of the reasons why we bought the company. Hmm. Um, the founder of our company is a gentleman by the name of Dr. Gary Wyron, who 
who, like Jack, is a legendary teaching professional. Um, I think he's 87 now. Yeah. Um, in the Teaching Hall of Fame. And he started the company. He started uh, um, what was then Golf Around the World. And hmm. the name was changed in the, uh, the mid-2000s <clears throat> to GolfTrainingAids.com when we became more of an e-commerce company. Um, but really, that's one of the reasons we bought the company is because, you know, be- between Dr. Ryron and his son, Dane, um, there's not a training aid that has been produced in the last 50 years that they haven't seen, analyzed, tried to improve. And, and that's really what we try to do as a company. So great story behind why you did it. And um, there's a lot of training aids that are out there. How do you choose the ones that you end up saying, okay, we're going to use this one or buy this one and put it up on your website? You obviously go through some kind of an analysis with your team to figure out, is this good or not? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll state the obvious. Um, We're a business, right? So first it has to meet the business criteria. Um, And that's that really holds true in any type of business, not just not just training aids. And then it really needs to be functional. Um, again, we we have experts who know how to use and manufacture these products. Um, and I will tell you, we probably get um, at least a product every other week. Um, wow. It's either delivered to us or a video sent to us where we will look at it. And by the way, I'm not the expert, but but Dane and Dr. Ryron will, will look at this stuff and say, you know, this really could work. This could really help. Um, your average golfer. And, and I think one, one of the things we've really identified, and I think this goes back to your first question of why do we buy the company? Um, you know, there's 24 million golfers, I think. And, right. and there's a really, really small percentage of those who are single digit handicappers. So everybody can get better. And that's, that's actually on our tagline. There's tagline. There's a better golfer in everyone. Um, so, you know, whatever we do, we, we do to try to help players uh, lower their scores. And, and we have a kind of a running joke in the office that every golfer wants to do two things. They want to shoot lower scores and hit the ball further. So um, for, for a training aid to work and be on our website, it has to do one of those two things. Yep, you've got a lot on there. And you and I were talking and we I, you know, tried out a couple things. I. I, I kind of pointed to a couple of things and you said, oh, let me show you this one. One of those was the divot board. Tell us about that because there's a great story to how that came about. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's actually a really interesting story. So, you know, the divot board is, is a great product for um, really identifying your low point uh, as well as your swing path. And there have been other products that have been produced in the past um, that, that kind of do similar things. Right. Um, but this one was made um, much higher quality. Um, again, it's, it's super, super popular. But, but so the story is there's a gentleman who decided he wanted to take up golf and went to the range and practice and couldn't get any better and realized that he was hitting it thin, hitting it fat. And he wanted to come up with a product because he couldn't find one anywhere. So he started to develop this divot board and went through many iterations. And his wife um, was 
you could see his frustration. She said, well, the problem is the material you're using is incorrect. She should, you, you should use sequins like they have on dresses. Yes. And um, so they, you know, when I bought the material and realized, you know, that was the key, right? To, to change colors at impact to show uh, your swing path and low point. And uh, I guess the rest is history. Yeah, I mean, it's a great product. I found out that my swing is not as good as I thought it was, <laughs> which is obviously why you call it a training aid. Um, but there was another item that you also told us about that really kind of helps your, your strength um, a lot more, and, you're, and now you're wanting to improve that. Yeah, um, we're really excited about this. Uh, we're, we're hoping we'll be able to launch the, the new power swing fan um, in mid-March. Um, so the power swing fan has been around for a long, long time. Um, and one of the things we thought about was we need to improve this product because it, not only is it good to increase your, your strength and swing speed, uh, but it's also a good fitness tool. So we reached out to former long drive champion, um, Maurice Allen and you know, he shared some of the exercises that he used um, in his training, and he used the power fan every day as part of his training uh, to win long drive championships. And we have another partner um, that produces switch grips, which is a, a grip that has counterbalance weights um, on, on the butt end. And so we put the two together and started playing around with it, and I, I think we're going to hit a home run. Um, the product is high quality and you'll be able to interchange the weights so that, um, you know, you can start at two grams as part of the, um, the, the grip and go up to 20 grams. So it really gives you the variability in your, in your physical training and physical fitness for golf. Uh, and again, I think this is going to be a home run. Yeah, it, it, it really will be. Um, uh, there was uh, there was a lot of uh, interest in that and the uh, divot board at the PGA show. Well recepted. You, how were you pleased with your performance at the PGA show? Um, I was very pleased, but you know, I, I, this is the first time for me. Um, I, I've been in um, in the travel business for twenty five years. Um, when we bought the company in August of twenty twenty one. Um, I had never been to the PGA show. I just heard about it. Yeah. Um, so I was a little nervous going in when they said the attendance was going to be down about 50%. Um, but I will tell you, we, we made a lot of great contacts, including yourself uh, at the PGA show. Um, I think the fact that the attendance was down a little bit was actually a benefit because we, yes. we were able to have meaningful conversations about yes. potentially repping new products getting new product ideas. So uh, we were very, very happy with the show. Yeah, I was pleased. I mean, yes, attendance was down. Yes, there wasn't as many booths, but uh, guys like yourself, uh, companies uh, had more time to talk to without being distracted. Uh, because when it's busier, you got more people. Uh, I found it meaningful with you to be able to go into more in-depth in our interviews. Yeah, it was great. Um, again, we really enjoyed it. Yeah. So give us your website before we, uh, I, d I don't want to forget about it because I know our, <laughs> our listeners, all of us need help improving. Our, our website's pretty simple, Rich. It's uh, golftrainingaids.com. Um, if, there's, if there's a product out there to, to help your golf game, um, I'm pretty sure it'll be on our website. Uh, so again, it's golftrainingaids.com. 
Okay, so we talked about you've got a warehouse. You've got a warehouse full of products that are out there, and you're improving on some others. Um, you say you get them every other week, you get or every week you get these videos, and your team goes through them, picks out what you have. Uh, so what's in the future? You really don't know what's in the future of what's coming up. Or do you all have groups that in your company try and come up with more training aids? Um, it's a really good question. Um, so I would say at any any point in time, we probably have five to ten products that are in the pipeline. Okay. So those, okay. Are, those are products that are either um, an inventor has shared it with us or we saw it at the PGA show and we've um, reached an agreement with the uh, with the supplier. And we probably, like again, we probably have five or ten at any given time. Uh, we identified a couple from the PGA show. Um, you know, two of them are already on our website. Uh, we're working on um, three or four more. Uh, and we're also, you know, identifying products that we are going to manufacture. So that's that's one of the things that we identify pretty quickly that um, there, there's a really a good reason for us to go out and try to manufacture our own. Um, nobody knows training aids better than um, Dr. Wyron and his son. Um, so we've actually dusted off some of some of the older training aids that we think would really help golfers today. Um, and, and one of the things that we're really trying to do, and I think this is a void in the business today, is products that you can use in your home. And, hmm, right. you know, there, there are probably 500 different putting mats. Um, and we want to produce something that is you can use in your home office, right? Or you can go in your garage and use it. Um, whether it's a swing aid that is only two feet long, so you're not hitting the ceiling fan or breaking a TV, <laughs> right? Um, to a putting mat that is not sticking out your office door because it's too long. So, um, you know, I'm really excited about the putting mat opportunity because um, we think if we get something in the six to eight feet long, foot wide, that's very portable, you can roll up, that rolls well, um, we think this could be a really big opportunity and everybody won't have will want to have one for their home office. So you're a golfer. You yep. decided not to play this morning to do this interview, which we appreciate. <laughs> uh, you use training aids. Have the ones you have helped your game? Absolutely. I, I, it, I will be playing shortly after this call. <laughs> okay, good. Um, I, I, uh, I live um, on our course uh, right behind the number one green. So I have my own golf cart. And right next to my golf cart um, is a power swing fan. So before I go, I take 20 swings um, to loosen me up. Um, and it really helps my game. Yeah. I got it. Well, I'm sorry that you had to delay your tea time, but I am glad oh, no that worries. you were with us this morning. Thanks, John, for being with us. And I really enjoyed talking with you. Rich, thank you so much. I really enjoyed meeting you at the show. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll connect soon. You bet. Golf all training right, aids because we all need them more than we really, really realize. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. John DeLewis, president of Golf Training Aids. It is golftrainingaids.com. Check it out because everything that's on there could be something that could help your game today. And we're going to be back talking with Tim Clark, the president of Wilson Golf. But we also want to tell you about Mizuno Golf Clubs. Uh, they got the best irons in the game. They've got some new ones coming out. They're on their website. Check it out. New drivers, 
new irons, new wedges, some new putters that they've come up with. So you want to check it out because it's all that's new at Mizuno with MizunoGolf.com. So check out MizunoGolf.com. Nothing feels like Mizuno. Reach beyond. We'll be right back. Steve Melnick, I used to play on the uh, PGA Tour, spent 26 years in the broadcast end of it, and now I look forward to being on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. Thanks, Steve, for that. Wilson Golf has been around for over 100 years. Tim Clark is president of Wilson Golf, and I'd like to welcome him to the show. Good morning, Tim. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. How is business in today's world for Wilson Golf? Uh, yeah, it's uh, well. Uh, today's business for Wilson is uh, it is amazing. It's uh, it's about as uh, busy as I've seen in my 27 years, and uh, it uh, it's pretty exciting stuff that's going on at Wilson, not only in the golf business but obviously holistically for the company. So uh, we're excited to be a big part of their of the of the current growth, and more importantly, uh, you know, we're going to be a very large part of Wilson's future growth. Yeah, we want to talk about that. But even with all the issues over the last couple of years, uh, Wilson Golf and the golf industry, but more importantly, your company has grown tremendously. Yes, yeah, you know it's funny. A lot of people talk about uh, the you know the COVID spike uh, for the golf industry, but you know what was funny is we were you know before the COVID lockdown, we were actually uh, globally up thirty eight percent over a year prior. Wow! And we've been basically uh, well into the double digits growth. Uh, for the five years prior to COVID. So, you know, we've been enjoying a great growth spurt and uh, with some great products and some great players out there on tour. And uh, it's just exciting to see what's happened. Obviously, the COVID has accelerated everything in, in golf, and uh, we're, just, we're, we're also enjoying that growth also. Tim, what areas within Wilson Golf have had the best growth? Yeah, well, our iron business has been, uh, you know, our iron business has been the hottest business we have. I mean, if you look at what happened with our D9 iron, you know, we have our D9 forged iron coming here later this year. Our staff model blades and our staff model cavity backs, which is what our tour players are playing. Uh, we've seen tremendous growth in all of those categories. And, uh, and then of recent, uh, you know, we've always had great solid business in duo. But it's really been exciting to see us enter the uh, urethane golf ball market with the success of Staff Model and now a ball that's played on tour by a few players, which is fantastic. Also played on the European Tour and the LPGA Tour. And then uh, you look at what's going on with our launch at Triad, which has been um, actually one of the most successful launches in Wilson Golf history. We are we are we sold basically out of the product in the first 48 hours obviously we have more on the way but it's well exceeded our forecast expectations yeah and you have grown a lot i mean you and i talked about this at a couple of years ago at the pga show but from ricky barnes your team has really really grown yeah yeah i would say you know and again you know we've been playing the long-term game and i think that's you know that's been kind of the decision i made when i got the opportunity is that I wasn't going to fix Wilson Golf overnight, but I also knew that if we did the right things, you know, year over year over year, that we would start, you know, making our way back up the mountaintop. And and obviously, uh, this year was quite exciting, or basically last year at the end, where we were able to sign uh, John Augustine, who was, you know, a number two amateur, played uh, played some great college golf, uh, four time All American. And he, he basically picked Wilson because he liked our equipment better than the other guys. 
And then you add to that, we uh, we added uh, Quade Cummings, uh, a Walker Cupper. Uh, both of those guys are, are playing now on the Corn Ferry Tour and having success out there. Uh, Quade is a, a played at Oklahoma, great great player. Again, same situation, loved our equipment. And then on the LPGA, uh, Sophia Schubert, uh, who played at Texas, uh, great resume, an amateur golfer. Uh, she's also joined the team. So, so what's pretty exciting is is we now have a brand that's kind of crossing generations again, which was always the goal was to get young again. Uh, but we have some great ambassadors, you know, like Patrick Harrington, who's been with us and won three majors, continues to carry the Wilson flag. So, so we're doing a lot of good things. But like I said, it was really a long term play, and it, it's starting to pay the dividends. Yeah, and uh, Gary Woodland has obviously helped you out a lot. Although it seems like his game is not where he would like it to be, but I'm sure it's something that he is working on and you guys are working with him and trying to get it better yeah and i think you know gary's situation is you know he he, uh you know he he uh had a little bit of a hip injury issue that he doesn't really talk about gary's kind of one of those athletic guys but uh you know gary is a world-class player uh he has world-class ball speeds he obviously won a major and i would expect over the next uh you know three to four months you're going to be hearing a lot about gary woodland again he seems to be healthy uh, he's excited to get out there and play. And like I said, you're not going to find a better person in golf than Gary Woodland. Yeah, that always helps your brand and uh, helps the golf game in, in general as well. You had a Golf Channel uh, TV show that you did to talk about drivers. Any uh, opportunities out there? Are you guys looking at that to bring that back in, a, in that form or a different form? Yeah, you know, that was, a, that was a great thing that really did a lot for our brand. We did two seasons of that show. Uh, you know, on, uh, you could be honest, we were in negotiations for the third season when, uh, when Golf Channel basically had their restructure where they, right. they eliminated kind of original programming and they moved all the businesses uh, and studios from Orlando, Florida, up to uh, Connecticut. So that kind of stalled that project. But, yes, I, I would say that we found that to be, you know, it was one of the top-rated shows on Golf Channel. It got us over 4 million, uh, 4 million viewers, in, individual unique viewers, which was a very high-rated show for Golf Channel. Uh, so, yes, we are always looking. I, I would say we're always looking at innovative ways to, 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 to get people excited about the game of golf, and I think that show did that. And we'd love to do something similar or something different, but – uh, we're always looking for new ideas, better ways to get to the consumer and educate them about what it takes to make golf equipment and how challenging it really is. What's ahead, Tim, for Wilson Golf? You, you know what? I, I, you know, I said this in our company meeting. Uh, the, the, I, I don't think, I don't think there's a brand in golf that has a brighter future. Uh, you know, for us, we have some great products in the making. 2023 is going to be a huge launch year for us. Uh, I don't know if you know it, but we did put a new tour van out on the PGA Tour mm-hmm. because we are growing out there with you know guys like Martin Trainer and uh, uh, Augustine and Cummings and Streelman and Steele and Barnes and Harrington. You know we need to have a bigger vehicle to support. So that that van just uh, went out on uh, the West Coast swing and heading down to Florida now. So. For us, you're going to see a uh, you know you're going to see a big launch into a new a new equipment series that you'll see in 23. Uh, 22 is quite honestly just be you know transparent. A lot of it is managing supply chain. The supply chain is very challenging right now. Steel shafts are on allocation, so to be 
transparent. We, you know, our our ability to grow, which we we grew well over you know thirty percent last year, and we'll do it again this year. It probably could be much closer to fifty to sixty percent if we were able to get the capacities we need right now, specifically in steel shafts. Right. So 2023 is going to be pretty exciting, and uh, I think the future of golf is very bright right now. As you, you know, you look at all the people that are going to Top Golf and now converting to golf courses. It's all great news for the sport and the industry. Yeah, it really is. I know there've been a lot of issues out there, but let's take a quick break, Tim, and we'll come back and talk a little bit more about your visit to Tucson and the uh, WM tournament. We want to also talk to you about uh, CJ's Italian Restaurant. Check out their monthly specials created by the local elementary schools and the school's benefit with part of the proceeds going back to them. Birthday parties, great thing. Check out everything at CJ's, especially the deep dish. Thin crust is also good. Check out their full menu at cjsitalianrestaurant.com. This is Todd Thompson, the tournament director for the RSM Classic, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. We're on the phone with Tim Clark, uh, president of Wilson Golf. Tim, I know you were at the uh, WM tournament out in uh, Phoenix. What did you think especially about the 16th hole? Yeah, you know, Rich, I, I, you know, again, uh, I've been out there for a number of years. It's kind of really the first tournament where, you know, our full tour staff actually participates. So we usually make the trip out there uh, always. And, and it's different. I, I, yeah. I don't I'm going to say, for me, I think it's a it's a great event for the sport. It's different. The players are just kind of kicking off their season, really, at that point. So they're playing loose, and they look at it and have some fun with it as they get into the more serious part of the season. Uh, but I'm going to say, if you've never seen that, uh, what do they call that, the greatest show on green or something it, yeah. it, it is an amazing event and if you get some time and you're in the scottsdale area in in february I, it's definitely worth going out to see in person <laughs> yeah it sure is a lot of adult beverages are, are in play at that at that place yeah well like i said i i think what's interesting is you know it's probably a completely de- different demographic of of viewers in in the uh, you know customers in in this in the building or in the in the facility yeah uh meaning the average age is well younger than what you see at most tour events <laughs> they're they're really all about having fun i don't know what their golf knowledge is for most <laughs> of those people in attend but they do make it an interesting day. Yes, they do. All right, as president of Wilson Golf, what are your thoughts about the PGA Tour and this Saudi golf group that's going on? Rumors are that there are 17 to 20 guys, some big names, they say, are interested in doing it. What are your thoughts about all this back and forth? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been following, obviously talking to our players in different levels. I, you know, I, I think it's, you know, there's there's been... You know, there's always going to be competitive ideas in any sport. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, looking at football or, or other activities. I think, you know, I think the Saudi League is an interesting concept. I think, you know, it's kind of been tried before and keeps kind of, you know, every seven to ten, it comes back for another run. Uh, I, I, again, I'm, I think what the PGA Tour provides for for fans and for players is is pretty exceptional. Yeah. Uh, and the idea of of this Super League. Uh, I think they're going to have a very difficult time. You've already seen you know, some of the top players like Rom and Justin Thomas come out and say they're not going to play. So I think you know I think it'll be a great venue for probably those 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 players like Ian Poulter and that who are looking to extend their careers and make some 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 payout money. 
But, uh, again, competition, I always say, is good. I, I have no problem with competition. I think it's a good thing in sport and in business and in life. And uh, But I, I think the PGA Tour has done a lot of good things over the last few years to really uh, uh, support their membership. And we're excited either way. Our players will make those personal decisions. I don't think it will change a whole lot of what we do. But uh, I think it's an exciting time for players out there to make some evaluations. Yeah, and I think uh, the most vocal that w- at least I've read has been Phil, and I'm 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 honestly disappointed by the way he's reacted to this. And but you know that's Phil. You never know what he's going to do. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and you also got to figure. You know, Phil is 51, so yep. it's not. I mean, he can. You know, he uh, he doesn't love the Champions Tour from what I hear, you know, and he's had a lot of success out there. So, you know, he wants to stay competitive, and I think this gives him a vehicle to stay, you know, a marquee player. So, you know, at 51, he's taking advantage of it. But, uh, yeah, I was somewhat surprised with his positioning on this. And and like I said, I, I, you know, we've seen, again, I've been in this industry 30 years, so we've seen this before. Uh, This one seems to have a little bit more money in the short term, but uh, as you know, until you can get uh, some return on investment, it's hard to fund these things. You got it. Tim Clark, thank you for being with us. Have a great day, and uh, hope we can talk soon. Yeah, thanks for the time, and you guys have a great day. And that uh, that uh, sponsor's uh, food sounds really good. I'm hungry. (laughs) Tim Clark, president of Wilson Golf, thanks for being with us on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show.